So what is going on, everybody? It's just me, just Wade today. I have a quick episode that I wanted to do. Jeremy is busy being a yacht owner, and I am here uh, not owning a yacht. And for this episode, I wanted to talk about meat and masculinity and masculine meat. So grab your meat and get ready to listen to this one. So in Business Insider this weekend, a guy named Josh Barrow published an article titled, Admit It, Grilling Food is Bad, Cook Inside Instead. Well, that's obviously a retarded article, and, you know, it's it just is. So it's basically just because you can cook outside, you shouldn't, your grill's too dirty, indoor cooking is better, you're more likely to overcook, you're more likely to undercook. It's a pretty anti-American article, all things said, being as how this is the 4th of July. So the next question has to be, who is this Josh Barrow guy? And who's been serving him shitty barbecue all these years? I mean, the problem with cooking on a grill is that some people really suck at cooking, right? And so, sure, maybe on some grills there's less margin for error than you might get in a nice, even temperature oven. But that's not the point. The point is because when you grill food, it tastes better. You get, like, you know, a nice char, maybe you smoke it a little bit. It's just the best. And if you disagree, well, screw you. So anyway, if you stroll over to Josh Barrow's Wikipedia, because everybody has one these days, you will find that he is a gay Democrat atheist. I don't know how that's related to meat eating, but I'll let you figure that out for yourself. But let's go to some other news articles while we're on this, because Mr. Barrow was widely panned in social media for his views on the 4th of July. So let's look at some other headlines. In the Los Angeles Times, there's one called The Difference Between Animals Eating Meat and Humans Eating Meat, and it is as stupid as it sounds. Also, CNBC, Bezos Gates back fungus fake meat as the next big alt-protein. Also, CNBC, rising beef prices could be a win for alternative meats. From the South China Morning Post, how lab-grown meat can help fix China's pork crisis and food security. From Freethink, murder-free chicken nuggets, real meat grown in a lab. From The Sociable, first industrial cultured meat facility spawns from Biolab that also specializes in drug development, yada yada yada. From Hunker, eight meatless 4th of July recipes all your cookout guests will enjoy. From The Beat, San Francisco is getting the world's first lab-grown sushi bar. From Indy 100, Infographic, How Often People Choose to Eat Meatless Meals and Why They Choose to Do So. From Bloomberg, Meat Demand is Under Threat Like Never Before as Prices Surge. Baller Alert, McDonald's Apologizes to Vegetarian Customer After She Was Served Meat. You might say that I've kind of cherry-picked these article headlines, but all's this was was going to the Apple News app and typing in meat. And this is some of the first stuff that popped up. So what's the common theme here, right? We need to have more lab-grown meat. And if you dive into a lot of these articles, one of the sub-headlines in there has mostly to do with climate change and meat being fur with the wealthy and, you know, yada, 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 yada. So that's all kind of fine, I guess, maybe in some sense. But now let me read you something else, or at least parts of something else. And we'll see if any of this has a little bit more of an insidious side than we might think. So I am going to read to you, starting on page 17, from Action Track 2, Shift to Sustainable and Healthy Consumption Patterns. Now this is a report, or sort of a report that was given or sponsored by the United Nations. 
to tackle, among other things, climate change and equity. And this section has to do with meat. So here we go. Solution 1.2. Challenging the masculinity of meat. Support for public communication campaigns specifically attacking the established association between meat consumption and desirable masculine traits. I just read the first paragraph, and I already hate it. Let's get back to it. This paragraph's heading is, What problem is your proposition addressing? The link between masculinity and meat is deeply imprinted on our psyche and supported by evolutionary narratives connecting hunting to the masculine role and gathering to the feminine role. While there is not much evidence for such strict role divisions, and some evidence to the contrary... Okay, so right there, it starts off by making an argument, and then it defeats itself. Anyway, the narrative itself has become the basis for attributing meat consumption to masculinity. Meat as a nutrient provides males with physical strength. And as long as it was a limited resources in a male-dominated society, became the preferred food for males, and by extension the food that promotes manliness. Recent studies show that men tend to choose significantly more gender-normative masculine meal options, usually containing large portions with ample meat, while women do not object to lighter, vegetarian, plant-based foods. So I have to stop again right there, because you see what it's doing. It says men choose significantly more gender-normative masculine meal options, right? The implication there being meat. But notice how they word women. It says, while women do not object to lighter. So they're saying that men will choose this, but then they're saying women won't object to this. So you see the difference there? It's, it's, it's removing the choice from women and saying, well, we're just going to push this on the women and they're just going to take it, whereas men will reject it. At least that's what I take from that. Anyway, back to it. In addition, a male choice to not consume meat is often as threatening... Huh, they wrote really retarded. Anyway, in addition, a male choice to not consume meat is often as threatening masculinity and male gender identity. As a consequence, femininity and greenness have become associated, which further distances males from ecologically friendly consumption. In addition, the link between meat and masculinity also relates meat consumption to autonomy and power which makes it an attractive target for those who currently have less social power. Meat, through its masculine connotation, has become an object of aspirational consumption. The wide availability of meat and meat-based foods have then resulted in production and consumption levels of meat which are considered to be damaging to health and unsustainable for the planet. So, you damn men and your barbecues and your desire to have steaks and take your wife out on a nice date... How dare you, you dirty, dirty people. Anyway, here's the next paragraph. It is titled, How Does Your Proposition Address the Problem? Because remember, this is a report that some brains in an ivory tower presented to the UN in order to rob our freedoms. I propose that UN supports a concerted campaign to disassociate meat consumption and masculinity. Such a campaign can directly attack the relationship between meat-eating and desirable masculine traits like strength, decision autonomy, and self-determination. So it's a war on masculinity, which I think is nothing new to anyone who's looked at the woke stuff at large, but here you have it, in a UN document even, except in this, in this context, it's taking on food. You know, what foods make men seem masculine, and what are the narratives that we have, and how can we destroy it from the top down? Back to it. It can also positively related plant-based food consumption to exactly these traits. So they want to make vegetarianism seem masculine or veganism, whatever. 
which are stereotypically male, but obviously desirable traits for women as well. So, yeah, I'm going to have to stop right there because... So the next paragraph here is, how are they going to go about doing this? Well, here's what it says. It can work through traditional advertising channels, mass media and social media, but can also use important influencers for food preparation and consumption. Vegetable-based cuisine is often believed to be tasteless and the choice of those who cannot afford better options. Now that's kind of a lie because I don't, I have never once seen the vegetable-based meal be pitched as like a class warfare thing. Like I get where that comes from, obviously, because like a nice steak is expensive or a half of a beef is expensive, but never in my life have I seen this be something, I mean, I don't know, maybe if you're comparing hot dogs to steak, I get it, but I don't know. We'll just, we'll set that aside. You can think of that one, whatever you want. Back to it. One way to counter the negative associations is to work with influencers who have an impact on what people see as fashionable. I refer mainly to well-known culinary celebrities or male TV chefs like Jamie Oliver, right? Because he's, he's who everybody looks at for masculinity or Yodam Olengi. I don't even know who that is. Every culture has their own celebrity chefs. They can have a tremendous impact on what people perceive as suitable everyday cuisine. Wow, that was kind of amazing, right? So the big plan here is to do what basically everybody says and bombard you with a bunch of fake news, a bunch of coerced narratives from the top that try to chip away at your life and what you believe and what your freedoms are and to pitch it as unfashionable, to coerce the youth, basically, and people that are on the fence and don't think for themselves. Back to the article. The UK is a very good example on how they have influenced food culture, making the UK one of the most vegetarian-friendly culinary environments in the world. There are books, TV programs, websites, and social media that can be supported where these well-known chefs can lend credence to plant-based alternatives. Now, in all fairness, there is another paragraph below this that quotes a bunch of research, which I don't even know what to think about anymore because the thing with this sort of academic crap is they can just go get what they want, especially when it's like this left-wing stuff. I mean, remember the the guys who did the studies where they were talking about like gender dysphoria and stuff in dogs? Like they were literally just making crap up and then publishing it. And then a lot of these journals published it as like peer-reviewed science. It's it's just garbage. So I, I don't I, I would just even disregard all of that. But think back to those headlines I read in the beginning. Do you think this is all natural? I mean, do you think that there really aren't people or some do-gooders at the top who think that they're going to change the world. And look what this, tongue-tied, look what was suggested in that article, right? Literally to bombard you with influencers, right? So you're going to start seeing it on Instagram. You're going to start seeing it on social media. You're going to start seeing it in the mainstream media. Think about like Jamie Oliver as a masculinity influencer on cooking. I mean, give me a break. So, but yeah, this is this is what's going to happen. This is when the woke people control culture. This is what you can expect. And they're going to just eventually get to the level of shaming you for your food choices. Well, what about people who raise their own meat, right? Or, or what about people who, like the last couple years, I have gotten the vast majority of my meat from people who live in town and raise the animals locally and only sell to individuals like me for the most part, Right. So I'm not arguing that maybe there aren't some problems or things we can address when it comes to industrial meat production, but 
this is crap. And I think this is the kind of thing that ought to terrify people because you have a huge group like the UN getting on board with all these people, just like it says in here, right? Celebrities and influencers. And, you know, go back to those news headlines. People like Bill Gates pushing their lab fake meat, right? Uh, the deck is stacked against us. So if we don't start seeing this stuff for what it is, which is has kind of this thin veneer of a do-gooder who's concerned about the environment, concerned about your health. But what is the end result here? It's a loss of freedom. It's a, it's a loss of something that was previously available to you that now will no longer be available to you anymore. And, you know, before you think I'm just kind of going off the rails, let me pull up another article here real quick that's a little bit more recent, but really not that recent. And I think, I think maybe you'll start to get it. So here is an article from 2017 in the Washington Post. The title is, Is Meat Manly? How Society Pressures Us to Make Gendered Food Choices right? Here's another one. This is from the Huffington Post, 2019. How masculinity is barring men from trying plant-based diets. Here's another one from April 2020. Meat and masculinities. Can differences in masculinity predict meat consumption? Intentions to reduce meat and attitudes towards vegetarians? This is on ScienceDirect.com. It just goes on and on. And I don't... Man. Well, here's another one, right? This is from The Guardian. This article is from 2008. It says, The UN says eat less meat to curb global warming. So there, do we have the root of all of this? Anyway, I think at this point, I'm likely to just start ranting. But the thing here, I don't want to see loss of freedom. If somebody wants to eat meat, go for it. I, I hate this idea that there's this UN group or these government groups or these academic groups who can decide all this crap at the top and then they push it down. But the way they push it down is to treat you like children, right? They're going to do it through these subversive information campaigns to basically attack the minds of children and people who can't think for themselves. And they're going to just ram it down your throat. I mean, maybe people eat meat because they like meat. Maybe it doesn't necessarily have to do with being a man or being a woman. I mean, my wife, for example... Maybe, maybe the stereotype is that women have to go get this salad because of whatever it is. My wife has never been like that. It's always been, yeah, we're going to go out to eat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the fish or the steak or, or whatever it is. I, I just, I hate this idea that the UN and these woke bastards trying to push their version of open when really it's shoving you into a box. It's saying, hey, all you plebs, you need to exist in this box over here because it's the box that I've deemed is good for you. And I think that's hot garbage and I think everybody should resist it every chance they get. So I hope this 4th of July, you shoveled a ton of meat down your gullet, and I hope when you go to the grocery store, you buy the biggest, best, fattest ribeye, and you grill that son of a bitch like never before, because, you know, maybe that's what it's going to take to defend freedom. We're just going to have to grill our way to success. Well, anyway, that's all I had for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for checking it out. See you next time.